0: Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Welcome, everybody, to the first episode of the Believe in the You. I am your host, Paul Menendez, and thank you, everyone, who made this possible. You know who you are. I'm extremely grateful for the Believe Network for giving me this opportunity to represent Miami Hurricanes football on their platform. And to be the first podcast regarding Miami Hurricanes football, it ultimately is a dream come true. I know a lot of you guys are transitioning from my YouTube channel, The Scoop on the U, which is something I literally started two years ago, from zero subscribers to now, modern day. I'm just grateful because none of this was possible without your outpour of support, guys. So thank you very much. It truly does mean a lot to me. But let's get into it, guys. You know, I'm going to break down the Miami Hurricanes football spring preview position by position, how I feel, what I'm going to be interested in, what I'm very confident in, you know, those topics ultimately. But, you know, I want to touch up on a subject, and I think it's very interesting, could be controversial. Two guests that I had this past week on my show, Victor Bermudez. Brian the Beast, London, both at certain times in their careers were associated with, with 560 WQAM, which if you live in South Florida, you know it's the homer station for University of Miami. They're associated with University of Miami, Don Bailey, Joe Zagaki. They get the call on game day. They have to be politically correct is where I'm going. They can't bash the head coach. If they have Manny Diaz on, the, on air, they're not going to ask him tough questions. They're going to give him softballs. That is the expectation. You're associated with UM okay you have to play the game (laughs) if not UM will not associate themselves with you so I wholeheartedly get it but they both told me that Manny Diaz is on the hot seat year three and they naturally told told me this I didn't set up a question for them to bring it out of them they just naturally told me they were honest they said hey Manny Diaz year three needs to improve and I was born in 1994. I roughly don't remember Butch Davis. I was like six years old when he last year as head coach. I My first memories was going to the Rose Bowl when they won the national title. And then since then, I was hooked. But with Larry Coker, Randy Shannon, Al Golden, Mark Richt, I, I don't remember going through a roller coaster ride like the Manny Diaz tenure. I really don't. We've seen a lot of off-season changes. A lot of coaching staffs have been fired. Remember Mark Rick's offensive staff fired, which was fair. Deservedly so. Maybe not everyone to a certain extent, but you're a new head coach. you got to bring in your personnel. You hire Dan Enos. You basically get rid of his entire staff. You keep Coach Fields, Coach Hickson. Bring in Rhett Lashley and his crew. You basically tell Coach Baker you got to look somewhere else, if not They will get rid of you. And Coach Bandit does get a promotion at Utah State. But ultimately, guys, you know, Manny Diaz put this pressure upon himself. Day one, he looked into the eyes of everyone in that press conference. And he told them, the Miami Hurricanes can win right now. He didn't say rebuild at all. He said, this is the new Miami. And we can win right now. And after he made that statement. It was like a cult fixation, wholeheartedly. There were t-shirts about him. People were calling him the character of Scarface, Tony Montana. They're making this guy out to be like the godfather, ultimately. I mean, like he was a god of Miami. People loved Manny Diaz after that. Here we are, modern day, going into year three. I think it's been a complete 180 from year one because year one, I don't think it could have gotten worse. You lost to FIU. That's all I'm going to say. Don't even like losing the Louisiana Tech is awful, but I think like FIU is where I throw up. It's just disgusting. You shouldn't lose to FIU in anything. Not even like lacrosse. I don't even know if Miami has a lacrosse program. You don't lose to FIU, especially Butch Davis. But anyways, you know, it was a 180 from year one to year two. We go 8-2 and two in the regular season and we win the games we were supposed to win. Whether it was ugly, or some clean games. For the most part, most of the games were shootouts and it was ugly. But <laughs> we still lost to Clemson and North Carolina. We were humbled those games. We were slapped in the face. We were undisciplined. It was... A sense of reality. You're not going to match up with the big boys yet. If Manny Diaz does not improve going into year three, the stakes at Miami, the the seat is hot. Blake James needs to see improvements. That's what Brian the Beast London told me. Blake James needs to see improvements. And his job security is not 10 out of 10. It seems like it. Seems like he's going to be here forever. But he's got to put on a show year three. De'Ara King's coming back. You have one of the deepest running back groups that I've seen in Miami in quite a while. I think you have a one-two punch at the wide receiver position. But after that, you have 10 other wide receivers who, hey, if you want to start at the University of Miami, you have a great opportunity to get a lot of playing time. True freshman, underclassman, just saying. Spots are wide open. When was the last time we've seen an entire offensive line unit come back? At Miami, we're finally developing a solid second team. We're not there yet, but we will. We will get there, slowly but surely. So without further ado, guys, let's break down the Miami Hurricanes football spring preview. Let's start off with the quarterback position. Now, De'Ara King... Obviously, he will not be a part of spring practice. Rhett Lashley did state that he should be participating in seven-on-seven drills around May or June, and he's doing a great job in rehab. Listen, as a football team, we will go as far as King can take us. He is the college football playmaker this program has been missing, but I'm going to be looking at this quarterback room under a microscope. You know why? We have 3 very talented underclassmen quarterbacks that can all start at the Power 5 level. Larry Bluestein when he was on my show, he stated Payton Matoka is a dark horse. He loves Payton Matoka. If you know Larry Bluestein, he's been covering high school football for literally over 50 years. I think he knows a good court, college football quarterback when he sees one. Manny Diaz also stated Payton Matoka was playing safety. When they when they didn't have the appropriate personnel on scout team. Hey, he's a great athlete. He has a live arm. I think he can transition very well into this Red Lashley offense. Very well. But we'll see. Will he shine in spring practice? Time will tell. But do not count out Peyton Matoka. Tyler Van Dyke. I've only heard great things from everyone around the program. Only heard great things. I've never heard one negative thing about him. Everyone tells me Tyler Van Dyke is a Power 5 starter. Jake Garcia? This is interesting. Not his high school story from going from Southern California to South Georgia to like four different high schools. That's another ball game. But tell me, guys, when was the last time at Miami that you saw two different offensive coordinators recruit heavily the same quarterback prospect dan enos when jake garcia did his in-house visit he did a workout in front of dan enos miami went full court press to try to land jake garcia before he committed to university of southern california they let go of dan enos obviously Rhett lashley he goes full court press at jake garcia as well it finally works out at the end miami loves jake garcia They believe Jake Garcia is the future of this program at the quarterback position. They also believe Tyler Van Dyke can be that guy as well. And a lot of people believe Peyton Matoka can do great things at the Power 5 level. Listen, I'm very curious how this quarterback room pans out. And whoever finishes spring taking first team snaps is going to be the starting quarterback in the year 2022 for the University of Miami. I can guarantee you that, guys. I can guarantee you that. So, that's your quarterback room going into the spring practice. And obviously, guys, the expectation is Derek King will be our starter. Okay? Once again, he is our college football playmaker. He, We will go offensively as far as Derek King can take us. And I think we can do great things. That performance against North Carolina State was the best performance I've seen a quarterback play at Miami, in in God, since I could remember, he put on a show that game. He won us that football game. But hey, the quarterback, in a sense, is your backbone to your offense. So is your offensive line. But you need an entire personnel to make it work. Running backs, we are deep. We are extremely deep. Here's my thing with the running back room at Miami. You have Cam Harris, Don Chaney, Jalen Knighton. You got Cody Brown. Late player you signed, was released of his letter of intent from Tennessee because of a coaching change. Here's my thing with the running back position at Miami. For some reason, running backs and tight ends at Miami, whoever the starter is, we always have a, a NFL running back or tight end every single year. Even when we're down, whoever's our leading rusher per se Even the backups, they end up going to the NFL. You have your Gus Edwards, your Storm Johnsons, who didn't really pan out at Miami, didn't get a lot of playing time. They end up transferring to another program. Damian Barry was like a third-string running back, worked his way up. He's playing in the NFL. Well, he played in the NFL for the Ravens for four years, I believe. Mark Walton, he was given his opportunity in the NFL as well. He was drafted, I believe, was it the uh, Chiefs? And then he switched over to the Dolphins. He jumped around. Travis Homer, he's playing with the Seahawks. DJ Dallas, that's a bunch of NFL running backs I just mentioned. We're always going to produce NFL running backs at Miami, so it's never been an issue, the running back position unit. So I'm extremely excited we're deep. I'm just curious how we handle the carries. Because Don Chaney, I felt like, deserved more carries at times this past season, Don't get me wrong. I love Cam Harris. I think when he breaks through a hole, he is gone. He just needs to find a hole, and he is gone. He's a bowling ball. Very physical. He just needs to get going, and he will. And that that is associated with the offensive line creating holes because I know throughout the past season, it was very difficult to find those holes. But do not give up on Cam Harris this upcoming season. Ultimately, I would like to see Don Chaney... You know, goal line situations and taking majority of carries. And then Cam Harris as your third down running back. I don't know. It'll be interesting how do you distribute those carries. But I think that's your one-two punch. Then you have Jalen Knighton and Cody Brown. And I love Cody Brown. He's very advanced for his age. Physically, weight room warrior. And that's what you want. You want those guys already physically established going into the collegiate level I don't I hate projects I don't think the University of Miami should rely on projects where hey he needs to gain 20 pounds he needs to get 15 pounds of muscle I can't stand that I think we need to get players who are already physically built and that's something I stress as someone who just watches the team you know I think players who are physically ready to go your Denzel Perryman's your Alan Bailey's Colin McCarthy's Dan Morgan's They're already physically built in high school. There's going to be machines at the next level. Jalen Knighton, that's someone I'm looking out for as well. I love his skill set. I love his skill set. I think he can be a great, great offensive weapon in Rhett Lashley's offense. Outstanding. But that's probably the deepest running back room in the ACC. I'm calling it right now. That is one of the deepest running back rooms. I'm not... I don't know who Clemson has lined up in their arsenal, but you give us, if I give you our four running backs, match them up with anyone else in the ACC, it's right at the top, easily, right at the top. Guys, let's move over to offensive line. Once again, I mentioned this earlier in the podcast, I believe everybody and their mom is coming back, and I can't recall the last time our entire offensive line unit is coming back to play football. I'm extremely excited about that. I think we're developing a first and second team. Slowly, that third team will arrive. But depth has always been an issue at Miami offensive line-wise. And guys, do not ask me who's my projected offensive line lineup for this upcoming season. Don't ask me. I have no idea. Navon Donaldson coming back. I don't know if they're going to put him at left guard, right guard. But I'll tell you what, he's going to be very well-conditioned. and He's going to be in a lot better state than he was the past season. Excellent job rehabbing the whole 180. He's going to be good to go. I think sitting out that year, he did get a little bit of experience those two games, but I think it really is going to benefit him in the long run. And I think he's going to shine this upcoming season. We need him to come through. We really need a big final year of Navon Donaldson. I'll be honest. Zion Nelson, I think he's earned that left tackle spot. It's been a complete 180. Go over the pro football focus stats of Zion Nelson. Huge jump. Corey Gaynor, that's your center. He's been your go-to guy since he got here. hes I don't want to say Mr. Reliable, but he's very consistent. You know what you're going to get from Corey Gaynor. He's going to give you 110%. That's all you can ask for. I think Jared Williams will be your right tackle ultimately. Veteran player. Tons of experience at the college football level. But honestly, I don't know who's going to be at right guard or left guard. That's interesting, those two guard positions for me. Very excited to see what Isaiah Walker could do at the next level as well. Transfer from Florida. Don't forget about him. And we're still looking at the offensive lineman from UNLV in the transfer portal. Ultimately, what I think is going to happen... The Miami Hurricanes, they want to fix this offensive line issue. They want to have a good offensive line unit to protect the Eric King. They're going to see where their weaknesses are at. If it's right guard, if Scape's not stepping up there, or whoever they have lined up at right guard, they're going to find the holes. And they're going to plug in the appropriate player to fix this offensive line issue. So do not be surprised if we only sign 20 players this upcoming class. And snag five transfer portal players. Manny Diaz loves the transfer portal. He views it as a free agency of college football. And it's not going anywhere with its association with the University of Miami. It's not. Whether you like the transfer portal or you don't like it. It's not going anywhere. Manny Diaz will utilize it. So I think he's going to take five transfer portal players and sign 20 recruits. And we will get an offensive lineman from there. I guarantee you. I guarantee you. All right, guys. Let's move away to the wide receiver rotation. This is a very interesting subject because I don't, I'm do not i not going to single out players. I'm, I'll start with this. Mike Harley, he is finally playing the offense he was always supposed to play at. Mike Harley is a scrappy playmaking college football wide receiver that needs to play in the spread offense. He's a possession wide receiver. He's not going to pull a full tape on Austin break every tackle, get like 20 yards per catch, after catch, he's a a possession receiver that is going to move the chains for you. Okay, he's going to get open. He's not a burner with his speed. He's just going to grab the football, execute every single time. He's a role player, and you need those role players. In his final year of football, he should be our leading wide receiver in receptions. He should have always played in, the, in an offense, a spread offense like this. And he has finally been given that opportunity. Second year under Rhett Lashley, he is going to shine, and he is our go to number one wide receiver. Now, Charleston Ramble coming over from the Big 12. It should be a pretty easy transition. I know they don't play defense in the Big 12, but you're coming to the ACC Coastal level of play. You're not going to see a lot of good secondaries. I'm sorry. I'll be honest with you. I'm not very high on the ACC Coastal guys. I think it's one of the weakest divisions in college football. So when Charleston Ramble lines up with any corner, he should be fine. He should put on a show. He comes from an offensive power in Oklahoma, and he left because he wasn't getting a lot of targets. And this leads me to the rest of the wide receiver rotation, because we have 10 other wide receivers on scholarship. The problem with Mark Pope and D. Wiggins is not getting open because they get open. They have the elite skill set in the ACC, especially in the ACC Coastal. They are burners speed-wise. Nobody, no corner in that secondary can match up with their skill set. It's catching the football. It's not giving up on routes. And who's going to be our number three wide receiver? Who's going to be our basically you know who are we going to rely on after Mike Harley and Charleston Rambo I don't know someone's got to step up we can name all these underclassmen guys we can name Jeremiah Payton Keyshawn Smith Romelo Brinson we can name all these guys Xavier Restrepo they all have the elite skill set to shine at the ACC coastal level but can they catch the football I mean it's very simple You can get wide open You can run a post route You can burn your corner You can make the quarterback look Like a Heisman Trophy winner But if you can't finish the play If you can't make Those diving catches that you need on third down If you can't make that Down and out third and five Conversion that you need To move the chains For a game winning drive I'm sorry Oklahoma State game Hey After that, I'm sorry. I just, my confidence level is low. Wide receiver rotation needs to step up, guys. Even Rob Lycan stated it. He did not have confidence in his wide receiver rotation. Tight ends. Will Mallory will be out for the spring, guys. Three underclassmen. Larry Hodges, who's had some experience. He was even playing fullback in 2019. He's basically a toolbox. Dominic Mamorelli excels in pass blocking. And Elijah Arroyo, who everyone is speaking very highly of, for Miami to go out and get a highly touted recruit out of Texas, one of, I think he was the number one tight end in the state of Texas, or number two. And Texas A&M also wanted him, by the way, Jimbo Fisher is doing an outstanding job at Texas A&M, great staff. that That tells me a lot about Elijah Arroyo, and I'm going to be very interested how he plays this spring. So, you know, it's going to be very interesting, guys. You know, tight end position unit. Who's going to step up? We know who, who's our starter. It's Will Mallory. We know that. But who's going to step up after him? We'll find out. Larry Hodges, Memorelli, Elijah Royal. We'll see. Someone's got to step up. But we'll be fine. Once again, like I stated, guys, the tight end position group, we always rebuild and reload like at the running back position. It's never been an issue. Whereas offensive line, quarterback position, it's been a little rocky. It's been a little rocky. I'll leave it at that. All right, guys, let's move over to the defensive line position unit. I know a lot of people are thinking, Paul, this is nothing close to the defensive line we've had in 2018. But this is a solid unit. This is a very solid group. Look, you have DeAndre Johnson coming from Tennessee. Okay, the level of competition in the SEC East is a oh, complete 180 from what he's going to see at the ACC level. He led. He was ninth in the SEC with 4.5 sacks. He should. It should be a really easy transition for him. Really easy transition for him. Now we'll see. I'm not going to put big expectations on him, but I think four sacks is appropriate. That's appropriate for a veteran player coming from the SEC to the SEC Coastal. I mean, ACC Coastal, sorry. (laughs) I think he should do fine. Physically, I remember Quinton Williams, he came when he came on my show. He said he wasn't, like, weight room-wise, he wasn't there yet under Coach Feely's strength and conditioning program, but he'll get there. So maybe it's the adjustment, but hey, I have a high ceiling for DeAndre Johnson. I also think very highly of Javari Harvey as well. I think the world of Javari Harvey and his physical measurements. If you take Javari Harvey's physical attributes, he's one of the elite pass rushers in the country. Now, put it all together on the field, he's been waiting for his opportunity, and I think it's his time to shine. I think he can be one of the best pass rushers in college football. I know that's going out in a stretch. But I, I ultimately think Javari Harvey can be an all-ACC football player. He's that good. I view him as an NFL draft prospect. If it doesn't work out for football, he needs to be a Mr. Olympia. Because the guy is just jacked. Those are things you can't teach, guys. Your physical attributes. Either you got it in the weight room or you don't. And Javari Harvey has it. He's got it. So I'm looking at those two defensive ends to make a big splash this upcoming season, guys. Huge splash. Now, D-tackle, I think this is our most complete defensive tackle unit we've had in a while at Miami. Nesta Silvera, mentally, needs to get better. Needs to get better. Put the team... He puts the team before him at times. and he th- play, p- Other opponents get in his head. And that's what's been an issue with Nesta Silvera's play. Other opponents get in his head, and mentally he gets out of the game. He's been very well conditioned this this past season. Very well conditioned. Best we've seen from Nesta throughout his career. Final year of college football. Can he put it all together? Can he be the mentally tough player that we haven't seen yet? I don't know. That's his weakness. Is his mental toughness committing selfish penalties which keeps drives going we'll find out i know manny diaz has had those conversations with him on the sidelines that's what i'm looking forward to i know he's gonna have a great final year of college football at the tackle but it's the mental game i'm looking for from nesta we'll see now jared harrison hunt He's going to be a redshirt sophomore this upcoming season or technically with COVID redshirt freshman again, believe it or not, because it doesn't count eligibility-wise. eligibility, eligibility wise. That's good. I'm, I, People are praising Leonard Taylor, and he's not going to be here this spring, I believe, but I think Harrison Hunt is going to seal off that D-tackle position, guys. I really do. I really do. For the short time span we had him this past season, he did an outstanding job. I think he finished with over three sacks. We got a steal out of New York, a steal, and he's a freak athlete too. So this defensive tackle unit, this is going to be a very solid group as a whole at defensive line, guys. And I know there's a ton of young players we can get to, we can talk about, but I think as this is not, I I get last year's defensive end group that we had, Quincy Roche, Jalen Phillips, but the drop off from... Those guys to DeAndre Johnson and Javari Harvey, there is a drop-off, obviously, because those are two NFL players. But I think we potentially have two NFL players with Harvey and DeAndre Johnson. So adding to that with a solid D-tackle group with Jonathan Ford, Leonard Taylor, backing up uh, Harrison Hunt and Silvera. Look, I I think we can make it work at D-line. I think Jess Simpson is going to make the most out of this group. I really do. And Zach McCloud, I don't like moving to a different position so late in his career. Because I think after like year six of college football, if you play five years, you know, at the Mike, at the Sam, wherever you wanted to put him. Just moving position year after every other year, I just don't like it. And it's, I think it's late to the party with Zach McCloud. But ultimately, I think he can be a role player. At the ACC coastal level. At defensive end. I don't think he's going to be like a third team all ACC defensive end. I think he's going to be a a role player. And someone with his skill set athletically. Can make a lot of plays for us. As a role player. I'll keep it real with that. But this defensive line unit is going to be solid guys. Now. Let's move over to inside linebacker. Or just. We'll talk about linebackers as a whole. We'll include strikers as well. In my dream world, I would love to see Sam Brooks and Corey Flagg. I know we've seen flashes of Bradley Jennings throughout the season, make some big hits, make some big plays. Physically, I love Bradley Jennings. I think he's very elite, very above average with his physical measurements. But you got to play the future, man. You got to stop relying on playing veteran players over underclassmen who are hungry. We've seen this already with Scott Patchen starting over Gregory Rousseau. We've seen that agenda already. Enough is enough. You gotta let the young guys eat. You gotta. And I think your two best inside linebackers in that group are Sam Brooks, Corey Flagg, and Austin Cave for the future. A lot of people are high on Deshaun Troutman. I am too. I love this high school film, but he's an underclassman. I'm not expecting... Crazy numbers from Deshaun Troutman first year of college football. I think he'll maybe get some playing time. We'll see. We'll see. But I'm not I'm not expecting Deshaun Troutman to make a big splash in his first spring practice. Just keeping an even keel with him. Wayman Steed. Look, Wayman Steed, I'm hoping for just a healthy season, and he'll be a solid role player, depth player. That's my expectation for Wayman Steed. My projected inside linebackers. We got Sam Brooks, Corey Flagg, but hey, we'll see what happens, but I ultimately think Bradley Jennings will be starting at inside linebacker uh, to start out the season, but depth-wise, it's not a bad unit. It's not a bad unit at all. It's pretty solid. It's not like the greatest is not elite. It's pretty solid overall, what we have there. All right, let's go over, oh, striker position before I get into the secondary. You know, here's my thing with the striker position, guys, like Gilbert Frierson, He's going to be our starter, no doubt about it. Keontre Smith is the backup. But after that, you're putting in two guys like Avery Huff and Chase Smith. Why not give them a chance at a different position? Avery Huff is talented enough. He's athletic enough to play inside linebacker at the Power 5 level at any conference. Chase Smith can play literally four different positions at the Power 5 level as well. He can play cornerback. He can play safety. He can play outside linebacker. He can play inside linebacker. He can play wide receiver. He's that athletic. Why limit their abilities to focusing them on striker where it's a position where there's really not a lot of assignments? It's fairly basic. And yes, it is a hybrid of an outside linebacker and a safety. But why early on in a player's career just put him at striker when you already have three other strikers ahead of him? Give Avery Huff and Chase Smith an opportunity at inside linebacker. At safety, so, you know, somewhere where they can just develop a little bit more instead of just limiting them at striker. We are, you already have your two guys Keontree Smith, Gilbert Fireson. That's your first and second team. Why are you putting players to fight for the third team? I don't get it. And there's limited opportunities throughout the game to get in. So, you know. Ultimately, I would like to see Amari Carter at the striker position. Put Jay Smith at safety. You're deep at safety as well. But, you know, test those guys out inside linebacker. But, hey, trust the staff. Trust their valuations, right? All right, let's move over to our secondary before we wrap it up. Listen, this is the most confident I've been in the Miami Hurricanes football secondary in quite a while that I could remember. Cornerback room, your two starters I have to Corey Couch out in the boundary, Tyreek Stevenson, very physically gifted cornerback coming from Georgia. I love the experience he is bringing. There is no wide receiver that Tyreek Stevenson will be facing in the ACC that can match up with any wide receiver he faced in the SEC. Let's be real, guys. He should not be intimidated one bit in any game. He should be ready to go. He should dominate and I am expecting a first or second team all ACC season. Huge get guys. Tyreek Stevenson will be the heart and soul of this secondary. I can guarantee you that. Outblades Jr. clear to play this spring. That's huge. We need Outblades Jr. for depth purposes as a role player. We need him. We need his confidence there as a Miami Hurricanes football community, we need to be by Al Blades Jr.'s side. It's been a rough past season. Going through that, um, You know, I believe it's a heart issue he had, not being eligible to play because of that matter. It's tough on the young man. We need to be behind him. DJ Ivey, second year of college football. I'm expecting a big jump. I think he's going to develop nicely under Travaris Robinson. And don't forget about Marcus Clark and Isaiah Dunson, guys. Those are two very good athletes. You finally have depth at the cornerback position because we were extremely slim this past season. I'm very excited about this group. And safeties-wise, we're stacked. Everyone is raving about Cam Kitchens. It's a very nice transition he's had from the high school level to college football. Picking up where he left off. And we're stacked at safety. James Williams, I believe, he's coming in the fall. Now... Do I think he'll be a game one starter? I don't know. That's a great question. I'm very curious where they if they're gonna stick him at safety, what posi- what other position? Just get him on the field. Get those guys, Leonard Taylor, James Williams, on the field. They're true freshmen. We'll see. We'll see how they adapt to the college football level. But I, I can't say he's gonna be a game one starter, day one starter. Instant impact. I can't say that. Bubba Bolden. That's the leader of the safety group. I've said this countless times. Gervin Hall, he has shown flashes of great play. He needs to put it all together. You see the flashes of why he was a four-star recruit, one of the top safeties in the nation, why Alabama offered him. Is it coaching? I don't know. We're going to find out a lot about development and the different coaching styles, philosophies of Coach Banda, Coach Tavares Robinson. DeMarcus Van Dyke will be, is the cornerback's coach, but ultimately, Travaris Robinson is overseeing the entire secondary as a whole. So we're going to find out a lot this upcoming season. I think we will see the growth there. Avante Williams is being cleared to play. That is huge. He will make an impact this upcoming season. The coaches love him. He loves football. He's everything you want in a football player. Could you imagine a room with James Williams and Avante Williams as our two starting safeties going into the season? When you start seeing that position by position at Miami, elite recruits that you went out and got over SEC programs, committing to Miami as your starters at each position, that's when you know Miami is turning the corner. And I think we're doing that at the safety position. So I'm very confident in our secondary. Very confident. And I I haven't been confident in our secondary probably for the past five years, give or take. Just throwing out a number there. Has not been elite. This is a good group. Solid group. All right. Before I wrap it up, guys, we need to fix something in special teams. Punting, kicking, I'm expecting big things from the younger Bordegales brother, Lou Hadley, one of the best punters in uh, college football. Who's going to return punts for us? I understand kick returning is basically obsolete at the collegiate level, but we need a punt returner, okay? It has been, like, it's not even been into existence the past couple years under the supervision of Coach Packy. We need to find a punt returner. We need someone to make plays. K.J. Osborne, 2019, we plug him in late. He was making plays. But there was a time at Miami where returning punts set up your offense, Set up your drives offensively. What happened to returning punts at Miami? Where was that pride with guys like Devin Hester, Sonoris Moss? Taking over games, returning punts. That's something I'm looking out for as well. They'll probably put Xavier Restrepo, to be honest. And yes, you need to hold on to the football. The Mark Pope project, that punt return, it's gone. It will never happen again. Just catch the football. We don't need to complicate things with him. Anyways, guys, that was my 2021 Miami Hurricanes football spring preview. Episode one is in the books. Thank you to everyone that took the time out of their day to tune in. I hope you enjoyed the show, and I look forward to another weekly show next week. And always, all about the U. Go Canes.